Welcome to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya, where each week they talk to photographers about what is working in their business now so you can swipe those ideas and grow your business faster. Hey, everybody. Welcome to From Nothing to Profit. So today our guest is Sean Brown. Um, and Kai and I, I know are both excited about Sean because we've been talking about him for a couple months about getting him on the podcast. And so he's a high school senior photographer that you guys may know from seeing his stuff online. Um, he's in Portland, Oregon. And I think you're kind of best known for kind of your work with Senior Style Guide. I know you were named one of the top 100 high school senior photographers in that group. Um, so I know you've done a lot of work with different groups like that. Um, what else do you want to share with us, Sean, uh, or share with our audience about you? Yeah, well, first off, thank you all so much for having me on the podcast. I'm stoked to be on. And I know, Matt, you were just on Senior Style Guys Real Talk. So that was super awesome to have you on there. So if people haven't listened to you over there, I first, you got to go check that out because Matt absolutely killed it over there. So um, yeah, you, I think you kind of nailed it. Just a senior photographer in Portland, Oregon. And really when I'm not shooting high school seniors, I uh, love to be outdoors, sports, throwing around the football and checking out breweries, big foodie, um, coffee and extraordinaire person. Uh, and that's pretty much all you need to know about me, honestly. Well, I feel like you just described like the stereotype of Portland too, right? Like, like hang out, go get coffee, have a home brew, you know, stuff like that. So I think the only thing that I don't have uh, to qualify me as a true Portland hipster is no flannels. And oh, nice. I don't have a big beard. I'm like very clean shaven. So the opposite of kind of the Portland lumberjack look. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So they'll just they'll probably just run you off eventually, but that's okay. In the meantime, you enjoy it while you're there. Um, so, uh, Kai, why don't you start off and um, feel feel free to jump in and ask any question that you want of Sean? Because um, I don't. Sean and I like talked earlier this week when he did the other podcast, and I don't want to kind of run over this whole thing. So, what do you, what questions do you have for Sean? Yeah, well, Sean, thank you for coming on. This is so nice. Uh, and I uh, am curious, I saw you the other day on a webinar and you had some really nice things to add in. So I'll ask about those as we go through. But um, you are involved in education and involved in the senior business. And so what is something that has you fired up about our industry? And it could be something positive, it could be something negative, or it could be both, really. Yeah, well, I think... One of the things that has me fired up about our industry is right now there is such a plethora of resources for every single person out there, whether it be online, whether it be a conference, in-person workshops, etc. There's so much out there. And I think that that's something that has really changed since, you know, a decade ago or whatever, if you were trying to get started, where it was trying to dig up so much information on your own and that sort of thing. There's such a great community, whether you are trying to take your business in one direction or another. And that's really got me fired up because you can always find a place. And I think that that's something that social media has really just kind of grown, where you always have a community that you can find yourself being a part of, you can find inspiration, talking to other photographers, you might meet your best friend who's another photographer and, you know, cultivate that relationship. So I think people have an amazing opportunity right now, whether that be educating themselves, connecting with others. And it's really just grown from social media as a whole. And so I think that that's, that's honestly got me most fired up is just the connection that's out there and available for everyone. Yeah. And I think it's super interesting because I've, I feel like I have been in business long enough where I span 
like the pre-social media world and all this education and now like living in this world. And it's so interesting because when I think about it, it's one of the few things that makes me feel old and I'm definitely not old, but it makes me feel old where I can say it used to be this way. Now it's this way. And I can see the pros and cons of both of it. I love how readily available everything is, but it's also just really interesting how like what what it for forces you feel like you need to talk about and stuff like that. I don't know how to really explain that well, but um, it's just a different conversation nowadays. And I can't can't decide as a you know as an old geezer if it's a good thing or a bad thing for sure. So yeah, and I I totally get where you're coming from too. Where I think maybe the best word is almost like a think tank where everything kind of starts sounding the same. Um, mm-hmm. So I d- I definitely see where you're coming from with the pros and the cons. And I think that's the biggest challenge is just making sure that you're constantly aware of that and knowing when to pull yourself out if you do feel yourself kind of getting pulled into that. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. So let's circle back real quick and kind of talk directly about your senior business. Like, what do you what do you think is working right now in your senior business? You know, like if you had to give our audience kind of one thing that you're like, this is what's really working for me. This is the nugget you can take away from this talk. What would, What do you think that one nugget would be? It's going to sound really cliche, but it ultimately is just what works. And that's connection and allowing your seniors to be a part of your brand. And that's something that really I have taken into account, especially over the last year, as we kind of get into a new generation of seniors. I know that we used to be really marketing to the millennials, and now we are like firmly in Gen Z. And that's basically, I think it's anyone born after like 97, 98, it's kind of a fluid cutoff. But really, this whole generation is all about what can they create with you? It's why everyone wants to be a YouTube star. It's why everyone wants to be TikTok famous. They want to create content that other people are going to consume. They want to be influencers. They want to be taking the front stage, center stage. And I think that is with you as a photographer, if you're not doing this already, one of the things I really urge you to is to bring them into your process, whether that be through video content creation, whether that be getting input on certain styles for shoots that they want to do, giving them input on to, into the direction that they want to see your business take. I think that that right there is what every senior photographer should be doing because that just basically, it deepens your brand connection with them. It deepens your client relationships with your with your clients. And ultimately, that's what's going to get them to talk about you. That's what's going to drive word of mouth. That's what is going to get their friends coming in the door to book you. So I think if you're not doing that, that's something that it, personally, I've been doing a lot through video content, the styled shoots, letting them have a say in that, and ultimately just connecting with them because that's what this generation wants. And if you're not doing that as a photographer, because you thought that that was too old or you know too cliche or not everyone wants that or I can't personally possibly connect with my seniors in that way if you're not trying to do that I think you're really missing a huge opportunity right now well and do you, do you have a specific example of like some somebody that you hears that and they go oh yeah that's awesome like where should they start like what's the first little step like that maybe they should try just just to see if it's for them yeah well I think the very first step is just asking your seniors what they want it's a very simple step, but it's something that I think as photographers, we always feel like we need to, you know, we need to have our mark on it. We need to be the ones coming up with ideas because we're the creators, we're the content producers. But I think that if you're not allowing them into that creative process, bouncing ideas off of them saying, 
hey, here's what I think would be an awesome idea for a shoot, putting together a Pinterest board and then hearing their feedback um, or sitting down at a focus group and saying, here's what I'm doing. What would you like to see more of? And really kind of dive into those particulars that they might bring up, I think is a tremendous place to start. And you don't have to come at it from a huge content creation standpoint or a huge standpoint where you're trying to just knock it out of the park. You can start small just by allowing them to be part of that process. They're going to uh, inherently feel more connected to you as a photographer and as a brand. And I think that that's going to pay dividends to you. So you can start small and then scale up with, you know, having them. We just did a really cool, um, like virtual bake off where everyone kind of logged their own shoot and I edited it together and they just loved being a part of that creative process as a team. And um, so there are ways to do that. We've done that with like scavenger hunts and stuff. Um, Vlogging is a really big part of my business Uh, was in 2019. It's going to be an even bigger part of 2020. Um, Just producing video content that's more geared towards what they consume, but that they still get to be a part of and create and kind of, put their personality, put their own spin on it. So I think that those, you know, that's kind of the bigger end, but just something as simple as just asking them what direction they want to see their business, your business going in is a really fantastic place to start. So focus group styled shoot input, that sort of thing. That's really good. So uh, you said vlogging with a V? With a V, yes. I can't write, so I don't vlog. Okay, vlogging. And so... um, I heard you talking the other day about doing Insta takeovers and that you have done that in the past, but you didn't give them access to your Instagram. How did you do that? Yeah. And this was like a long time ago. So the one of the last times that I really did kind of a takeover was actually back on Snapchat. So this was probably like four or five years ago. Okay. Uh, really actually before Instagram stories even launched. So I think Instagram stories launched like 2017, 2018, somewhere around there. So I've been doing takeover since like 2015. And one of the things is I am always kind of thinking worst case scenario. So it's like, okay, what happens if they accidentally lock me out of this Instagram account that I've been working to grow and build for however many years? Mm-hmm. So essentially what I do is just have them text me their images or videos, and then Mm -hmm. you can post it yourself. And it's still the same effect. It's still going on your profile, but you're just adding that layer of security. And, you know, when they're out on location with you, uh, the Snapchat takeovers was primarily done right, right during their session. And so what I would do is I would just hand them my phone and I don't really care if they have my phone while they're on location with me for, you know, here and there posting behind the scenes, handing it to mom, handing it to the hair and makeup artist. I don't care if they have the phone during then. It's more when I'm not there that I want to make sure that I'm keeping control of it a little bit so that I'm not completely locked out of my own profile. So I just have them text it to me. Uh, They can still add the text in the Instagram story, save it as a video, shoot it over on an iMessage. The quality is still really good. And then you can add literally whatever you need to. So you can say, oh, you want to add this song to it or you want to add the poll to it. And it still gives the same effect of a takeover. It's just a lot more secure, in my opinion. Yeah, I wondered how you did it. And that is actually exactly how we did it. But we also created some like branded graphics on to to drop their uh, video in. So that way, or their image. So that way, 
when people would scroll through their stories, they wouldn't be confused and think they'd started following a high school senior they didn't know. And that's actually (laughs) a phenomenal idea. We were like, oh, we don't want that to happen. It actually happened to us where we were like, when did we follow this girl? Delete. And then it ended up being a, you know, photographer friend. (laughs) Dude, it's happened to me like three times this week already. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we're putting it inside something branded with our name on it, you know, so they know. Um, But do you have any other examples of, because that was one that I thought, well, that's a perfect example of like doing an Insta takeover where they're creating with you. But um, any other examples of things where, your um where they're feeling like they're being a part of what you're doing yeah i think the biggest thing um is the vlogs and really i think what it is is you have to take it from the perspective that you're not producing this content necessarily for you to watch you aren't the audience that is supposed to be consuming this content other photographers you know if they want to watch that's totally cool but my vlogs aren't produced geared towards photographers. It's very much centric toward center towards my senior clientele and their their friends, because the purpose of the vlog is I want to make sure that they are getting to be a part of that process. They are getting to kind of put their own spin on it, show their personality. But then I also want them to share with their friends and talk about, oh, this happened in the vlog. And then they tell the story, the full story to their friends in person or over text about what actually happened like fully behind the scenes. And it also puts a face to the brand for your seniors and your potential clients to get to know you a little bit better. And so we've done everything from, we did like a top golf event together and we've uh, ended up vlog or we didn't actually end up vlogging that, but we had the intention of vlogging it. We just got overloaded with content. And so we've done stuff like top golf, which is like an arcade golf thing. We've done scavenger hunts in Portland. Like I mentioned, we did a virtual bake-off. We've got plans to do um, a couple other team events. So just vlogging, just even like going out for ice cream and or going out to like a restaurant eating or something like that. So this is stuff that they see all of their famous Instagram influencers doing, heading to these cool hip food spots, doing these cool adventures and all that stuff together. And they just want to be a part in creating that. So I think really just giving them the opportunity to bounce those ideas off of you is a tremendous place to start. Hopefully that answers the question. I'm not sure if I bounced around too much on that. Yeah, no, no. I think you answered the question. And so my one other question on it would be, are they making the, are they filming it or are you filming it? Super awesome question. It depends. So a cup and I do it in a couple different contexts. So for one of them, if it's if you're talking in like regards to the shoot, I actually have a team that I've assembled. So I have a videographer and I have a, actually a couple of videographers and I have um, a couple editors. And so I'm actually not touching the content creation part for my shoots. And the main reason for that is that during that senior season, I'm sure like everyone else listening, they're like, I barely have time to do anything, much less try and post to... Uh, post a vlog and a YouTube and an IGTV. So I actually outsource all of that. So that's done with like a a video content team. If it's during a a slower time of the year or something that, you know, we're not really shooting, say it's like the scavenger hunt that I mentioned, or uh, we just did kind of a virtual bake-off with all the senior team, they are the ones actually vlogging it themselves. And I just give them kind of super simple directions. It's basically, you know, hold the phone, horizontal so that just like you would watch on youtube and have at it 
uh, talk to the camera, you know, selfie it just like you see your vloggers doing it. And they're super intuitive. They know what a vlogger does and it's pretty easy to mimic. And then you can either edit it yourself or send it out to an editor. I use, uh, I just found an up Upwork editor. So it's just someone on Upwork that edits the vlogs for me when you, I've essentially sent over a PDF of brand guidelines. So what the vlog should look like, what you need to put where, and that way, if you ever need to switch editors, you essentially have almost like an instruction manual to hand them that they can then go and say, oh, okay, add this here, use this font, it should look like this, here's the style that we're going for. And so I've almost tried to take it off of my plate completely and shifted it either into the hands of my seniors filming the content or having a videographer film the content for me and just using that to record you know, record the vlog there and then have him cut it down. And I'm get kind of taking the final creative say where it's like, okay, we need to cut this out. We need to put this in that sort of thing. Okay. You've opened up a couple cans of worms. Oh, no. um, and I love it. No, 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 this is good. Okay. So I want to go back to the video. I, this is my problem. I always come up with like four questions I want to ask at once. Um, I want to talk about TikTok in a minute, but I want to yep. ask a couple video questions first. Does that sound good? Totally. Okay. So with the video, you're outsourcing. So that's pretty exciting um, because photography, you know, we have a hard time <laughs> outsourcing. So with your uh, videographers, do you, um, if you don't mind sharing, do you pay them by the shoot or by the hour or by the product? How do you do that? If you can, I highly recommend trying to find someone for the video side that'll do it on a per project basis. Okay. And the reason that I say that is because if you get into someone who's going to do it hourly, you don't necessarily know how much footage is going to be shot at each uh, session, or you don't know how much time they're going to necessarily spend editing if it's a little bit more in-depth. So I've actually developed a really fantastic relationship with my videographers and essentially just done it on a per-project basis. Now, the key is if you're going out and looking for professional videographers, you are going to be just awestruck by how expensive this might be. So what I've done is actually looked into the high school communities. So I've looked for people that are either doing video on the side or some sort of video background, um, whether that be simple editing, simple vlogging. And camera technology is super awesome these days in terms of video. If you have like a newer Canon system, it basically does all of the focusing work for you. So I know. hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, like saves my life immensely. But worst case scenario, you, you just hand it to one of your like senior team members um, or say, you know, have a past client that's really just you connected with and they're super awesome and that you can trust them. And just basically say, hey, I'm going to hand you this camera. Here's what you need to do. Basically, just like record everything. And worst case scenario, you just have a lot more content to kind of send over to your editors. So there are a couple ways to do it, but um, I would highly recommend looking into high scores that are into video and doing it on a per project basis if you can, because that allows you to scale a little bit more rather than paying a, like a professional videographer a ton of money and only being able to do like one or two. Kind of the name of the game is is mass producing as much content as you possibly can. Okay. Love that. So that's leads into my next question. So you're investing in YouTube, which seems really smart. Um, but my, my question would be, well, what about TikTok? 
Yeah. Are, so, are you overlapping? What's your thought on TikTok? I am, I'm actually really big on TikTok right now. And the main thing is that I've seen a lot of attention actually being siphoned from Instagram onto TikTok. And what's super interesting about TikTok, for those of you who don't know, it's essentially a almost like a meme centric platform where everything kind of centers around a theme. And there are individual content creators, but I would say a majority of the content is centered around some sort of theme, whether that be a certain song that's trending, um, a certain dance, a certain, uh, I guess meme is the only way to put it. And you can kind of go and look through the feed and kind of start to get an understanding, but it might just be a play on words or it might be a, a play on something. And you really just have to spend time in the app to digest it. But what I've seen is that it's a very addictive platform by nature. <laughs> oh my gosh. And to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> and that, there are so many seniors that literally will be on it. And the next thing you know, it's like four or five hours later. And the very oh, yeah. first thing that I saw, was, this was, I think, back in like July of 2019. And I first was kind of trying to get a pulse of how many of my seniors were on it. And this was almost like, it was a really unique time period in the US where TikTok was like almost like uncool to be on, but everyone also had a TikTok at the exact same time. So nobody was actually producing content. They were just consuming the content. And now you've actually seen a shift where there's a lot more content being produced by your senior. So they're actually filming the TikToks and partaking in them. So I think that if you're not a senior photographer and you're not on TikTok right now with one of the best organic reaches of any social platform that I've ever seen where you can have no followers and the next thing you know, you have a video at 300,000 views. There is no other platform that does that right now. And I think that if you're not on there trying to produce content, learn the platform while it's kind of in its in its infancy stages to an extent, I think that you're really missing the boat. And we can talk about how I actually use my vlog content and repurpose it for TikTok too, if you're interested, because yeah. that essentially now what you're doing is you're not trying to create two different pieces of content. You are essentially using that vlog as kind of your main piece of content and then breaking it up for the different platforms, which is super effective and actually saves you a lot of time. Um, and so that's how I'm producing a lot of my TikTok content, even in my slow season when I'm not actively shooting. I have content on there that I'm pulling from my vlogs to introduce as kind of repurposed TikTok content that is more centered towards the platform itself and kind of the the goals of how the content should should realist uh, should really look as a TikTok piece of content. Okay. Yes, I want to talk about that. And so this is so good. I'm loving it. I'm like taking notes, looking up things. I, so my daughter last summer, she's uh, 20 and she's uh, uh, an artist. And so last summer she was like heavy into TikTok and was like doing like time-lapse drawings of people that were famous on TikTok, uh, the duets and stuff. Yeah. And then she just took everything down because I think it was embarrassing to be on there too, you know? So I think she'd probably be wish she had it on there now, but, um, well, and and then, let me, let me just say real quick. This yeah. is how I think, this is how I think it happened actually is I think everybody like Instagram became this very like 
curated, like very polished thing where people were only putting up like, you know, their favorite 12 images and stuff like that. And I think people got to a point where they're like, I don't really like how polished and how, uh, how much I have to put energy into this. This is not my fun personality. This is like, this is the, for lack of a better word, like the fake version. So everybody moved over to TikTok because they're like, this is fun and it's new and it's fresh, but they hadn't made the switch in their mind yet of like producing content because they were used to the Instagram world where they had to really think about content, not just jump in front of a camera and do a dance, you know? And then I think after a while they gave it a shot. And then the, I think the whole switch has happened where it's like, no, 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 I can just go and do something unpolished and goofy and fun. And it, and people will like it versus what I was doing on Instagram, you know, a year ago or six months ago. Totally. Well, and kind of going off of that, TikTok, the name of the game isn't curated content because no. you can have one video that you post that absolutely just flops, like no views, no engagement, no reach whatsoever. And then you can have another one that you spend like three minutes on and all of a sudden it just absolutely blows up. It goes viral. And so the name of the game on TikTok is almost less about curation and it's almost just about putting out content that you want to and there isn't really, you know, kind of a, a stigma that you have to produce a certain thing because it's such an open platform. And I think that that's something that we're seeing where it's, it skews really primarily in uh, Gen Z. And I think that you're seeing this generation reflecting kind of a more open-mindedness about what type of content is acceptable. And so you're seeing a lot more people just going and taking chances like you were mentioning. Yeah. yeah and I think that's coming back to Instagram too, honestly. I feel like people are putting things, you know, getting more loose with it. But okay, so will you explain how you use your vlog content for uh, from YouTube uh, for TikTok? And do you use any of that content for Instagram? Yes. So um, let, we'll kind of break it down. So it's almost like a, a hierarchy of content. So what I'm doing is this vlog is kind of the long form piece of content. So it's usually about eight to 10 minutes or so. Um, sometimes they're a little bit shorter, but in general, r- roughly about eight minutes. So you have essentially eight minutes of content that is a combination of hair and makeup, things that happen during your shoot, behind the scenes, interacting with your senior. So I do kind of like a rapid fire question portion. I might do a this or that portion where they're answering like, do, you know, do you like Coke or Pepsi? Um, summer or fall, those sorts of questions. So it's a mix of that type of content. And what you can do then on Instagram is you can, I repurpose it in either one or two, or not even repurpose, but use it in one or two ways. Uh, The first way is just posting it as a long form piece of content on IGTV. Um, And this was really big, especially if you hopped on this um, right around, I think it was summer of 2019, Instagram was actually prioritizing IGTV over standard feed content when they introduced the option to put the IGTV into the actual Instagram feed because they used to be separate. And so that kind of in really refl- uh, affected my s- social media strategy in that in that point in time. And now you're seeing less of that. But um First off is you can post it either long form on IGTV. The next is wait, wait, if wait, I. Wait. Okay, wait. So uh, let me ask a couple questions before you move on. So the the vlog is eight to 10 minutes, hair and makeup, interaction, rapid fire, this or that, and the photo shoot. 
Yep. Like the behind the scenes of the photo shoot. Is there any like finished images within it, like spliced in? No, I don't. Okay. So That's yeah, okay. I keep this. And the goal is I want this to completely to be in a way for my seniors to, to get to know me better and get to uh-huh. see what it's like working with me a little bit better. Okay. So that's the and ultimate do you, goal. Do you do that with every senior, every shoot? I don't. So okay. what I did last year is I did it on, I tried to do it for most of my senior team. And then I also did it for a select few clients that my videographer was available at. So last year was almost like the pilot season of the vlog. I had no idea if this was going to completely flop. I didn't know if this was a good idea or a bad idea. This was like my test run last year. This year, it's going to be a really main focus of, of my content creation for 2020. And so I'm doing this as for all my senior teams. So that was kind of like a bonus for them as part of the team. And then I'm also, I did it for people who booked really early with me. Um, So like six, seven, basically right when I opened up my schedule. Um, So that's the only Uh, people that get a vlog. If you didn't book early, you're kind of out of luck. And that was my way of essentially putting kind of a safeguard in place to, you know, oh, why didn't I get a vlog? And once then I had something firm that I could say, well, you, you didn't book during this period when I was advertising that you get a vlog with your session. So that was kind of a way for me to protect myself, but also just make it fair for everyone. Okay. So then you, and that, that is gold right there. You heard me giggling, <laughs> but then, um, so you make the vlog and then you pull from it for IGTV. So is it, can you do horizontal on IGTV now? You can or do now. You yeah. And another way is, um, I actually keep it portrait oriented, um, orientation, whatever the correct word is. Um, uh-huh. so I actually orient it how they'll be, holding their phones and I essentially just scale down the YouTube video a little bit and then add like a blurred top and bottom and Mm -hmm. that way it's more native to the platform okay makes sense okay so you leave you don't cut off the edges of your uh horizontal video you add a little space the top and bottom and make it a portrait yeah sometimes and sometimes I'll cut it it honestly just depends on the shot some of the time okay great okay so you put it on IGTV Uh, And are you still doing that then? Yes. So kind of my strategy right now is if I post the vlog on YouTube at the, because my main goal is to build YouTube or drive people to YouTube um, as of right now. Mm -hmm. And just because I think it's always good to have a foot in both camps. So you want to have at least a little bit of a presence on both and try and build a following on both if you can. So my strategy right now is the YouTube video goes live about two to three days prior to when I'm posting on IGTV. And then what I'm doing is I'm driving them over to YouTube, either via Instagram stories, Twitter, or just having my seniors share because when you post something about them, they're going to share with their friends. So you're almost kind of driving it via word of mouth. And if it posts on the exact same, if I say I want to put it out on YouTube, but I also want to put something out on IGTV, just because that fits better with my Instagram content schedule. Then what I'm doing is I'm actually doing a truncated version of the full vlog and using basically posting, you know, one or two minutes of the eight with an end card that says, go watch the rest of the vlog over on YouTube. And then I'm putting a call to action in that post as well for them to click the link in the profile to go to YouTube. So there are a couple ways that you can kind of use that as, you know, either posting the full vlog or 
posting a little bit of a shorter kind of um, truncated version to then drive your reviewers over to another platform if you're posting at the same day and time. But YouTube is almost like that exclusive option where if they subscribe, then they get the very first notification and they get to see it before anyone else sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yay. Okay. So YouTube, IGTV, and then TikTok. Yes. And then TikTok, it's essentially just pulling the behind the scenes parts of your vlog. And then you asked about incorporating finished product into that. TikTok is actually where I'm showing that finished product. So TikTok, um, there's some photographers on there that actually really have produced some really fantastic content. And I kind of cheat because my my videographer is actually blown up on TikTok, like four or five million uh, followers in like the last year. And he also does a little bit of photography. And what he did is he was kind of testing this where he posts the behind the scenes and then posts the finished product. And so you can kind of see it behind the scenes and then how it actually looks. And those have actually done particularly well on TikTok. And it's based off that exact vlog footage that you already have. So you don't have to go back and refilm it. You don't have to worry about getting behind the scenes because we're vlogging the behind the scenes. And then all you have to do is just input, clip it and, you know, premiere your editing software. And it takes like five minutes to put together. But now you all of a sudden have a different piece of content using the vlog content that you captured months ago. And so that behind the scenes vlog, I mean, I shoot behind the scenes with all of my seniors. So is that what it would be? It's just yeah. behind the scenes from your phone? Okay. Yeah. So if you have like- And then, and then it finishes the the, and then it finishes in the, in the in the edited polished picture. Totally. Yeah. Okay. It's super not, simple. But not like uh, the por- a portrait on the wall. It's just the edited image. Exactly. Yeah. They Because honestly, seniors, they just care about what the finished product look like, looks like. Yeah. And I know yeah. as photographers, we're like, we want to show wall art, we want to show the finished product. And I think that there are different mediums that we can do that that are more effective than TikTok as of right now. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, awesome. Sean, that was really helpful because the only time I went on TikTok, I like took a breath two hours later and was like, oh my God. <laughs> you're like, what oh my goodness. I do not have a plan. I have a, a mush for a brain, so I don't know what to do with this. Um, but uh, yeah, that's really, really exciting. Any other thoughts on TikTok while we're there? I think the biggest thing is, you know, just try it. If if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I think that that's kind of my life motto. You know, if you post something that you want to post and it flops, then you know what not to do next time. But if you never post, you don't know what works and you might never really catch inspiration or figure out kind of this almost like a golden ticket idea that you had that works to drive traffic, um, virality, that sort of thing. So worst case scenario is you try it out and it doesn't work. Best case scenario, it works really well. And now all of a sudden you have something to go off of for the next, you know, six months to year or however long it lasts. And how often do you post on there? Does it matter? I don't, there's not really a strategy. And what's super interesting about TikTok, I think, you know, the name of the game is produce as much content as possible. But what's really interesting about TikTok is it's unlike Instagram or Facebook, where posts after, you know, a day or two kind of disappear from the feed. You might be scrolling your For You page, which is essentially like the Instagram Explore page on TikTok, and see a video from like four weeks ago. So there isn't really a shelf life for the videos. So you might have one that you posted two weeks ago that all of a sudden starts blowing up. And that's actually happened to a couple of mine where all of a sudden I was at like 
10, 20, 30, like 80,000 views on a video that was posted weeks ago. So it's, it's really interesting. There's not really a correct time to post. There's not really um, a correct number of posts as far as I know. Um, post yeah. as much as you can, but it's it's really interesting how the algorithm is working right now. Yeah, and so the, and it's really interesting because you can go and find basically how the algorithm works on TikTok. Like they've published it, and they're like, "This is how it works." You know, instead of people coming up with all this gamification and all these app producers trying to like break their app, they just basically tell everybody. So the idea is they have all these thresholds, and if you get so much engagement at a certain point in the threshold then it goes into the next bucket and keeps spreading and spreading and spreading so then it goes to the next threshold and it spreads more and then so it basically is kind of just like a ramp up model well once it hits certain thresholds then it's considered like i forget what they call it like they have a special word for the type of content it is and then they can use it basically at any time when they feel like somebody else needs content and because they're smart enough to realize everybody's scrolling for two to three hours and they're like okay we need more content so they dip into like their archives of good quality stuff and then if it then it goes through the same cycle like okay we're going to show this to another thousand people and if they engage that then then we'll move them up to the ten thousand people and then the hundred thousand people and then the million people and um, it's just, it's just interesting. And it's, I thought it was fascinating that they basically just published it. Cause you know, I mean, how many years have we spent trying to figure out Instagram's algorithm when TikTok's like, well, this is how we do it, you know, oh, totally. and, ba- yeah. and basically it's basically saying good content more often is better than no content, you know, not that often. So exactly. Yeah. Kaya, are you still there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just I waiting. Thought, and I was like, is Matt, is Matt I, I think she, off? Are, are we done? No, no, no. I think she, I think she just fell out of her chair is what happened. No, um, no, no. I was just thinking, uh, my daughter was telling me all this too. She's like, she was telling me all the names of everything. Uh, so one other question, since Matt's not, doesn't say we were done yet, Sean, do you shoot content specifically for TikTok? Like dances, like, like things that are trending on TikTok. Yes and no. Um, it I think it depends on kind of the con the the content itself. So first off, let me say that there's a lot of inappropriate content that I, as a senior photographer, would never post uh, that are kind of like trending or whatever. Um, so first, you kind of have to use your your best judgment. But if there are dances and stuff that are super trending and popular, what I do is if I have like a senior team event, then I'll I'll post content that's like that. But mainly I try and stay true to who I am. And that's a senior photographer. Um, what, so what I'm doing is I'm mainly posting content that is centered around either shooting or playing off those trends and kind of putting a spin on it of how I can relate it back to me as a photographer. And honestly, it's just, you just kind of have to scroll and just see kind of what the trends are. Cause they're so tough to explain. But once you see them, you'll be like, Oh, that's, okay, that's this TikTok trend or this song is trending um, and people are using it in this way. How can I apply it to my business? So there are, st- are times that I'm going in kind of shooting with a particular piece of content in mind. Otherwise, I'm kind of defaulting on that behind the scenes finished product formula just because that applies to me as a photographer a little bit better than you know my interests of 
trying to be TikTok famous for dancing, which I absolutely cannot do for to save my life. That's a lie. I guarantee you're a great dancer. You're just secretly <laughs> keeping it away from us. You know, my girlfriend taught ballroom for professional dance for like three or four years and is, has been dancing since she could like walk. She says that she can teach me how to dance. I'm I'm not sure I buy it, though. <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't believe she has that much skill. You're like, you're great at dancing, but you're I'm not, not sure that great if it's her it. skill level. I think it's more reflective of me. Well, I was thinking like she's a great dancer skill level, but your teaching may not, you know, you may not be able to teach me. You know, I, I'm a I'm a little bit harder of a student is what you were, I was thinking. Yes. So. Yeah. Harder of a student is perfect. Um, OK, Kyle, what else you got? Because at some point we should let Sean go. I mean, I agree. This is great. So we can if you have a couple more, go ahead. But no, um, I think we should wrap up just looking at okay. the time, the actual time, not the time we've talked with Sean. This was awesome, Sean. I think this is going to be really helpful for our listeners because uh, when a new, uh, you know, something new comes out. And photographers have to decide, is it worth my time? Should I invest in it? Is this important? It's always just such a like a dilemma. And I love what you've done because essentially you're creating one piece of content and using it in three different places. And I think that's just so smart because you're getting things out there and people aren't watching every single bit of content in every single place, or if they are, then they're definitely your client. (laughs) So I think this is fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you. So let's wrap up real quick. Tell people how they can connect with you. What's the best way to, um, and then any parting guidance you have for our audience. Yeah. So you can find me, um, at Sean Brown productions on Instagram. And unfortunately I was too long for TikTok. but if you want to check out TikTok, just at Sean Brown photos, um, and pretty much Sean Brown productions on Facebook and YouTube as well. So, um, that's where you can find me. And then parting guidance is, I think kind of the theme of this has just been, try it out. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I think that the quicker that you move, I think a lot of people kind of get almost uh, scared of trying to put something out or they think it has to be exactly perfect. Just put it out there. Um, Even if it's not perfect, I forget who said this line, but something along the lines of done is better than perfect. And I think that that's so true as, as a senior photography industry where they just want content to consume they don't care if it's perfect. You'll have time to polish your style or your aesthetic over time. Just put stuff out there, see how it does, and just learn and grow from that. That's awesome. So here's my favorite quote. Uh, basically, what you're saying is I tell people that ninjas are not born ninjas. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you just got to go out and be a nin- try to be a ninja, and then eventually you'll be – one day you'll be a great ninja, but they're not born that way. So um, anyways, all right. We'll let you go on on that note. I got kind of laugh at one of my jokes. That this, <laughs> like this this podcast will now be at the top of everything because I, I actually got her to laugh. So, I was just anyway. laughing at Sean's reaction to your joke. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so true though. All right. I'll, I'll, on that note, I'm going to – um, let everybody go. I'll see, I'll see you guys. We'll see. We'll all see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to from nothing to profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya. Be sure to subscribe for more business strategy and ideas to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always wanted. See you on the next episode of from nothing to profit.